Hello, it's Bria, Katie, and Lawton from the Office of Student Life and Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Heal Talks. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with leadership development and civic engagement content through honest conversations and storytelling from UNC students, staff, faculty, and community members. We believe that leadership is a learned process, so thank you for taking the time to learn with us. With that being said, let's get into the episode. My name is Danielle. I'm currently the Student Organization Program Coordinator. This is my second year in that position. I'm a second year MPH student in Gilling School of Global Public Health, and I'm concentrating in health behavior. Well, hey, Danielle. Hey, Bria. It's, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen you with COVID and everything. Haven't been in the office, haven't had a chance to really connect. So glad to have you on the episode. Thank you. I miss being in the office so much. You know that I'm very much so a people person and I love to engage with everyone in the office. So I definitely miss that aspect. And I did not want to go to grad school online. And here I am a year and a <laughs> half later. So Yes, definitely we feel that the the undergrad virtual experience is not 10 out of 10 would probably not recommend. <laughs> I can understand that. Like this has not been fun. Yes. Well, we're happy to have you back. Um, you've been on one of our previous episodes, but today we are highlighting you and spotlighting you. So excited to focus and get to know you, Danielle, and who you are and your leadership. So to kick it off, what does leadership mean to you? To me, leadership is the ability to guide others to obtain a certain goal. Whatever direction, vision, or mission that there is, a leader is someone who does the high-level thinking and the wrangling of the other bodies to obtain that goal. Okay, I love it. You know, your leader is going to be the one who's promoting the teamwork, who's bringing the team together. I think that's an important part. You know, they're going to bring the team together and really, like, put everyone on the path goals. So thinking about who you are as a leader, who you are as an individual, how has becoming a grad student and your grad student journey impacted your identity and the way you show up in spaces as a leader? I think that's a really good question, and it made me think. um, (laughs) I took a little bit of time to really just, like, resonate on, like, what has my identity as a graduate student been And I've discovered that it's really a lot more about being able to name your skills and own them. Because I'm in a space where the age is varied, the types of tasks and jobs that we're asked to do, um, there's so much diversity in that, that I really had to kind of get over imposter syndrome and know that people value my opinion, they want to hear from me. I'm here for a reason, regardless of if like on a group project, there's someone who actually has done public health work for three and four years and they just decided to go back. Like there's still value to my input. There's, there's things to be said about what I can contribute to a project or an idea. Um, and I've had to really grow comfortable in that position, knowing that I have had so many different types of audiences. Um, and I've just interacted with people of like various experience levels and like like power dynamics, I guess, mm-hmm. that I'm, I belong in the room just as much as them. Wow. And I, you know, you touched on it and we're probably going to jump more to it in the next question about okay. your program and, you know, your studies and the work that you do um, as an MPH um, graduate student. So 
In terms of that collaboration and teamwork, how has it pushed you to grow? You already talked about how it's taught you the value of your skills and your opinion, but in what other ways has it really pushed you to say like, okay, in collaboration and teamwork, this is what I can bring or this is what I can stand out in? For sure. Um, my program at Gillings is very collaborative in nature. We have had a multitude of team projects and in our first year where we're in the core curriculum, you have the same team project, um, like the same team for a whole year. So one time we identify a problem and then the next time we try to solve that problem. So we really get to see the life cycle of a project or a um, program that we wanna do. So I have spent a lot of time learning and um, adapting to different situations, learning how to just um, really like what, soft skills do I have? So not even like content expertise, but like what other things do I know and things that are like I'm naturally good at that I can bring to the table. That's something that I've spent a lot of time focusing on as well. And in my role in groups, I'm really good at high level thinking. Like I'm very good at making sure that we are connecting whatever small task to the big idea. That way we're always thinking about how this choice impacts our last one. And I've taken mm. that to my job within SLL um, in various group projects, as well as my current internship. Right now we're working in like a racial equity space. And I know like a base level understanding of racial equity, but I also know how to get things done. And so I kind of lean into that a lot more, just mm -hmm. making sure that we are on the right path. We had to create a scope of work, making sure that we are doing that, that we are advocating for ourselves as a team, that we are meeting the requirements of Gillings, the school, the health department, and to our immediate supervisor from the health department. So um, really I have been focusing on my soft skills, um, and bringing those to spaces and making sure I'm highlighting that as well. So even when I feel like I may not have the most like content knowledge in an area, I know that there is still something that I can do to help facilitate our team getting to our end goal. I love that. Okay, so a little off the charted path here. No worries. But with your wonderful experience in teamwork and collaboration, which is something we don't always come across as undergraduates, but I'm sure that you and other graduate students can probably touch on and speak on a lot more. If you could share some wisdom, impart some words of knowledge on um, us undergrad listeners who may not know as much, what are three kind of key points that you would say make collaboration and teamwork successful? Um, I guess my first one would be owning your skills, own whatever knowledge you have. So um, like not necessarily wanting to split things, being like, oh, well, we're all going to do two pages. That might seem fair, but it doesn't make the most sense to get your project done. If mm. there's someone who's really good at like graphics and creating presentations, their time is better spent doing those types of tasks. So really make space to own the skills that you already have. There is no need to reinvent the wheel or have multiple people struggling on something that one person could do very well. My second thing would be to communicate, talk to your group about whatever it is because that just there's nothing worse than finding out at the last minute that one of your group mates dropped the ball and it really just stops a lot of things for the project and it just breeds resentment in a group so just communicate early whatever it is and that brings me to my third my biggest one is being honest 
if you know that you did not complete what you all said you were going to complete by that deadline, tell your group. Like, it doesn't make the situation better to wait until Thursday morning for them to find out that you're not going to be done Thursday afternoon. No one can help you in that space. Now everyone's like trying to um, like solve a fire when it didn't have to be that way. So communicate about anything like that. Like just be honest about what your capabilities are. Um, being honest about um, what you can and cannot do really. Just like, I don't know, that is the biggest thing. And my groups now, like in undergrad, we did not talk about that. Now my group will be like, I don't have the capacity to do that. Like that's just something I cannot get done by Wednesday. So here's what I can do instead. Or here's how I can ensure that this doesn't impact the entire group negatively. And just being proactive about that because that has solved so many problems. Um, so really make sure you are owning what you are good at, being open with your communication and be honest with your group mates about whatever it is that's going on. Because nine times out of 10, you're with peers who understand, who, mm -hmm. who also have exams, who also have homework and papers. So it, it's better for everyone involved to just go ahead and make sure that you are um, being honest about what is going on in your life and how that impacts the group. Thank you for that because you know, as an undergrad, I haven't had much group work experience, at least in an academic setting. I've had some in like extracurricular spaces, but mm -hmm. still, you know, those are really great things to learn um, that are great for life in general, whether or not you decide to pursue an additional degree or not. So thank you. For sure. Um, that's something I wanted to hone in on is that collaboration is key to anything. So whether or not you do pursue a graduate um, degree if you go into the workforce, I can't think of many jobs that are totally independent. Um, so you will have to collaborate with the team. You will have to work with people that you don't necessarily like, um, that have different work styles than you. Like you just have to adapt. So just be flexible and know that it's something that you just have to learn to do, which is why it's so important to know yourself. Mm, I love it. Okay, so this next question kind of focuses on your role in SLL as a graduate coordinator and you specifically oversee student organizations and working yes. with wonderful Lee Roberts and our over 500 student organizations on campus and the student employees who help manage those in the office. So what lessons have you learned from being a graduate student that you apply to kind of how you lead your student employees and your role in the office um, in SLL? Because I know we touched on know yourself and making sure you have fundamentals of collaboration, honesty, communication, and being able to minim minimize and maximize your strengths. So we have those three, but are there any other things that you've learned that you're like, you didn't even realize you were doing it in SLL until it was brought up or you reflected? So SLL has provided me with a space to really develop myself as a leader um, and trying different things. So I guess one of the ways that I, or the one of the lessons that I've really learned in my position as the student organization graduate coordinator is one, identifying the skills that people have on my team um, so that way, I, again, I'm maximizing their contributions. Instead of having people struggle to do certain things, I, if you're really good at using Canva and you can make pubs for us, that will be your task. That will be what is outlined. Um, and I really try to take that through everything 
I like to be very open with the team and allow them to have space to talk about what they want and need if there's specific skills that they would like to develop. Um, so I, I try to be very, I try to communicate with the team often about like what, what our long-term goals are within SLL and outside of that, just for your time after um, undergrad. So I do a lot of professional development skill building, such as like working on Excel, just because these are the types of things that you're gonna need in the future. Another lesson would be, is to make sure that I'm making space for everyone to talk. Mm. There tends to be a lot of like quiet people in spaces and often, like people kind of want to push a little bit to like let them be quiet and let them be introverted, which I definitely think that you should respect people's boundaries and their just personality types. But I also want to make sure that I still get to learn their opinion. So whether that be in a group setting or in a one-on-one conversation, making sure that even the quieter voices are heard because the people who observe the most have a lot of knowledge. So I try to make sure that I'm seeking out knowledge from all spaces because I know that like in class for myself personally, I'm someone who's very vocal, but I've also been partnered with people in class who rarely raise their hands, but have so much knowledge. So I really try to make sure that I am seeking that out um, in people that I have around me. I love it. Those are great lessons that are transferring over, that's benefiting the team. It makes my heart full. Oh, we just did such good work. <laughs> like y'all don't y'all don't know. Listeners don't know. Come check us out. <laughs> so for sure. Kind of before we like wrap it up and close it out here. And I might think of one more question off the top of my head no to worries. ask you, but how do you believe that you balance your role as a graduate coordinator between needing to connect with the professional full-time stuff that we have in the office, but also wanting and needing to connect and support your undergraduate student employees who may not operate or have that same level of professionalism as a full-time staff member just due to inexperience. You know, how do you support and accommodate the needs of both parties? Because I feel like you have a, a unique perspective on that, you know. And for me, that really goes to naming that. I know that the undergraduate students that I work with don't have the same level of experience as the graduate students and the full-time staff. Instead of um, not necessarily addressing those challenges, like for example, with Excel, I meet them. Let's go ahead, here's what you don't know, here's what you can learn, and here's how this can work in, within SLL and beyond. Here are skills that you can just use. Here are resources that um, can also supplement this like mini lesson that we may have. Um, and I think like my biggest thing really is just when I find that there's a skill that it's clear that they would need in a professional environment that they don't necessarily have, I make sure to try to make, I make sure I develop that. Like I want to pour into them. I want to make sure that they are getting what they need out of this job. Um, especially because when you're coming out of undergrad, if you go straight to the workforce, your undergraduate experiences are what you talk about in interviews. So I want to make sure that I am doing what I can as a supervisor to um, make sure that I'm sending my team off in a, in a better state than when I first got there. So that is my biggest thing with balancing the needs is when I identify a fault or a, um, a gap in knowledge to make sure that I'm filling that gap and um, 
and also explaining why that gap needed to be filled, what it was and what it means long-term. And I think that that is my biggest thing. Thank you. That was, that was such a great answer. Okay. So one last question did come to mind. Okay. As a supervisor, when you're filling these gaps of missing knowledge or things that you want um, people to learn, what's like your favorite method of teaching that? You know, I'm curious. Do you like to do the, let me sit down and explain it to you method? Do you like the, let's work on it as it comes up on a project? Um, You know, what's, what's kind of your style of teaching? If Danielle was a teacher, So I'm a very personalized leader. I like to meet whoever I'm with, like where they are. So if someone is more of a visual learner and actually doing a problem will help them, then I use that method. If there's someone who's like me, like I can watch a video and connect it. Like I'll be like, okay, well, let me try and press some buttons and figure it out. Um, Then I try to meet them with that. So really, I guess I don't have a particular style. I more so am very big on like connecting with the person that I'm talking to. If I'm not giving a group presentation, then for the most part, it will be individualized to a way, in a way that they can understand it. Because that's my biggest thing for like professors, teachers, any leaders in general, is that a lot of people will try to teach something in a way that they understand it. And then that's it. Like, and then if somebody just doesn't get it, then they just have no idea where to go from there. And I think that that leaves a lot of people like, who kind of get left behind in certain situations. And I want to make sure that I'm not perpetuating that. And so I do like to learn the learning style of whoever I'm working with, um, learn the best way that they like to receive communication and feedback, because I want to make sure that whatever message I would like to get across is like that is gotten across, that that is accomplished. I love it. Personalization, which I feel like very much goes with your personality. (laughs) For sure. I'm like, I'm like a social chameleon. Like I really am good in a lot of environments and that helps me with getting to know people learning people being able to identify skills of people that they don't necessarily discuss in themselves um so I I like to think that that is how I bring my personality to work is really doing what I would do in general like outside of the work environment and bringing that into that professional setting I feel like sometimes people leave too much of themselves at home when they go to work and there's a lot of benefit to bringing who you are fully to the office. Wow. You know what, Daniel? I'm going to pose a question to the listeners because you just got me thinking. Go ahead listeners out it. there who work, whether it be part-time, full-time, anyone, how do you bring your personality to work? And if you're like, oh, I'm an undergrad student, I'm not employed. Okay, how do you bring your personality to class or to the extracurriculars that you're involved in? You know, just think about how you bring your personality to faces. And if you really like come up with the answer, DM us on Instagram and let us know because I'm interested to hear more. That's a topic. We're going to come back to that. <laughs> we and we're going to discuss it more. <laughs> personality in the workplace or in spaces. Okay, you know, tune in for that to come because it's going to come. I love talking about identity in the workplace. So I definitely think that's a topic that should be covered, especially from some marginalized identities. People feel like you have to cover some things up that you you can't always be yourself. You can't talk how you want to talk. And I don't think that's necessarily the case all the time. Well, thank you, Danielle. You done got the wheels turning. You shared a wonderful insight. 
communicate with us today. So I really appreciate your time and your voice. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Hopefully we can do this again and get together and chop it up on the podcast. We would love to have you back. And, you know, good luck with your last semester, I believe. It is, you know, I was going to say we can reconnect as long as it's before May 16th, 2021. (laughs) Because I will no longer be here also. So (laughs) we love to see it. Well, congratulations on your final semester in Gillings. And we look forward to seeing what you do in the future. Thank you so much, Bria. Check back in with us next time for more leadership conversations with our engaging and inspiring guests. Be sure to like, comment, and share Hill Talks wherever you are listening. We will catch you next time. Peace.